0: This is episode 20 of the Janet Lewis Show. In the podcast, I'll be talking with people who have tapped into what they love and are living the life they imagined, or maybe they didn't imagine it, but they've become super successful at what they're doing. They've been able to figure out what gives them energy or makes them happy and turn it into a business, or they found a career that allows them to shine. We're going to talk about their life story, how they got to where they are, and what has influenced their journey. Today we're talking with Shannon Tab, a boutique matchmaker and dating expert. She is also the founder of Shani in the City and most people call her Shani. Shannon in the City is a great support system for singles. Whether you're looking for a lifelong companion, advice on what to say on a date, where you should go to meet people in the city, what you should wear, or even what the current do's and don'ts are of the ever evolving dating world. Shannon in the City can guide you through all these questions so that you can avoid looking and feeling a little bit silly because you just didn't know. They can help you get your love life in shape, whether it's by helping you open your heart up or just helping you get excited about dating again. They're super passionate about making sure you're date ready and helping you find your perfect match. Shannon went from that friend, everyone has this friend, uh, that was giving dating advice for free to creating a successful business and she is rated as one of the top five matchmakers in Toronto and is the leading dating expert in the city. She's helped hundreds of singles looking for love find their perfect match. Shani was raised in a single parent household and from an early age has always been fascinated by people and relationships, in particular why some are successful and some are not. She found it easy to identify what men loved, and she became inspired to share this knowledge with other single women. She's passionate about helping single males and females gain confidence so they can attract that perfect partner. Shannon has been called the headhunter for the heart and a love witch. I am totally looking forward to this conversation with Shani for a lot of reasons. Mainly, I love anything to do with love and dating, and I'm also fascinated with people's behavior when it comes to matters of the heart. I'm also super curious to hear what changes occurred with the business during the pandemic and maybe even what post-pandemic dating might look like. So Shani, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me. Hi, Janet.
0: Hi. <laughs> um, so I was trying to think back to when we originally met. And I'm sure at some point in time, we met at one of DeVal's parties because mm-hmm. you know she always has them. And DeVal Morrison is one of our common friends who's a real estate agent. I've actually had her on the podcast before. And then I was starting a mastermind for small business owners, and Deval thought you might be interested, and you were. (laughs) Yes,
1: I loved it. It was great to join the the group of ladies.
0: Yeah, and so um, you joined. That's kind of where we really got to know each other. And then I've also attended some of the parties that you put together for singles in the past, which are always super fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope you're going to get back to doing that again when it makes sense, which yes. is hopefully going to be soon. The
1: social events.
0: Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I love about running into you or getting the chance to catch up with you is that you're one of those people that are always up to something. Yes. <laughs> and so I want to know what you've been up to, what you're planning to do next. And you always have super high energy or doing something fun. That's a little off the beaten path. And the other thing I love about you is you always keep it real. Like, you say what you mean, and you mean what you say. Yes.
1: Simple, straight to the point dating advice. <laughs> That's right.
0: That's right. And so, Shani, perhaps we can start off a little bit of your history. Like, where did you grow up? What was it like? What were you passionate about as a young girl? And then we can sure. figure out how you jumped into owning and operating your own business in the dating and matchmaking industry.
1: Sounds great. Great. So So, tell us all about you. (laughs) So yeah, I was born and raised, uh, well, I grew up in Brantford, Ontario, and I grew up with a single mom, and, you know, I was kind of always that younger child that sat at the dinner table with my mom and her friends, gossiping about dating and relationships, and that's kind of what really got me fascinated with human connection. So rather than playing with Barbie dolls, I was kind of more into the adult conversation, you could say. Oh,
0: interesting.
1: (laughs) And so you were
0: basically sitting around with adults. Hanging out
1: with my mom and her girls. Yeah. Yeah. So you got the dibs on everything at an early age. Yes. And I was always like a little precocious for my age, which I think, you know, only helped me in the long run be a better coach. And so when you were in high school... Were all the girls asking you for
0: advice? Well, it was
1: actually a university. I was kind of the go-to girl for dating advice and dating tips. And then all the advice that I would give would actually stick and work. So I thought, you know what? I think I have a gift for this. I think, you know, this is, just comes naturally to me, which which was amazing. Yeah. So you started off in sociology, anthropology, which I studied at Carleton. Yeah. And I originally wanted to be a social worker, and everyone's like, that's too boring for you. And then the whole idea of dating, relationships, I saw the movie Hitch, and I was really inspired by, you know, Hitch and what he did for that guy and all the, the coaching he provided. And that's what kind of got me into, you know, I'm going to start as a dating expert and just start coaching and helping people out, become 100% date ready. And
0: so from university, did you jump right into that? Or you must have had some other jobs before that.
1: Yes. So I I worked a lot in hospitality. So, you know, customer service. I managed a boutique hotel here in Toronto. And I started my brand, Shani in the City, back in 2010. So that was kind of like a part-time gig. So I had that for many years. And then it was probably eight years ago that I decided to you know leave the hotel industry and just do this full time and it was very scary just to like kind of pick up and go but you know i It was the move I had to take. And so, um, because one of the things I want people to take note of is like, even Mm -hmm. when you're working
0: in the hotel industry, Mm -hmm. what are some skills that you learned or knowledge that you gained from that industry that's kind of transferred over or helped you start your own business? So
1: definitely customer service and being able to read your client and and what their needs are. So when I was a server, you know, just engaging with the the staff, managing my team and um, being a good listener, open communication. And like I said, really identifying with the client. And I think that's why, you know, singles that come to me really feel safe and feel that they can share their story and, you know, that they they trust in the, in the, in the process and the service because it's such a personal experience for them. And so um, you're juggling both. Yes. You're still You're oh, managing
0: a boutique hotel. Let me
1: tell you this funny story. So I'm doing live radio interviews, managing... At, in the hotel at the same time running to the front desk saying Angie I need a vacant hotel room so I can do an interview with Calgary live then running back onto the floor and managing my staff at the Soho so I was like you said I was juggling both positions or I was managing from like 6 30 to 2 30 and then Doing my shanny stuff at night, and it just became way too much. Yeah, because I would
0: imagine that would be a struggle over time <laughs> yeah. to still continue to balance it. Mm-hmm. So when you were doing both, were you just working twenty four seven basically?
1: Yeah, like I said, I was I was working you know early mornings managing my team, and then turning into shanny at night and doing interviews with singles and meeting them in person. So yeah, definitely it got to be too much, and that's why I decided you know what, I need to quit and just give my full attention to my brand and build my business. Was there any one uh, (laughs)
0: incident or thing that was kind of the tipping point that made you think, oh, now it's time to just take the leap? Yeah,
1: like of course, you know, back then I was dating also a really successful entrepreneur and he was kind of the one that gave me that push and said, you know what, you can do this, just quit. And I was really nervous because I'm, you know, letting go of the benefits and the vacation and all of that. And uh, I think when, when I did take the leap, it it did really feel great to have that support system behind me and just give me that extra push.
0: Yeah. So probably like a little bit confidence
1: booster, Mm -hmm. a little bit kick in the butt. Yeah. And at (laughs) first I wasn't very busy. Right. So I would like, I was actually working remotely at the library and I didn't have much going on and, you know, and then slowly, like the more I put myself out there and I was vulnerable and I was posting and blogging. You know, and also doing the parties was great. So bringing people together really boosted my brand and boosted my name. And then people started, you know, wanting to attend the events. And then from there, I thought, you know what? I have all these singles that I know. Why not start matchmaking them? Why not start? You know, becoming like a boutique matchmaker and making it a very personalized experience. And so when you first started, like you're talking about branding yourself, mm-hmm.
0: you didn't have any education in branding, no, no education marketing. in marketing, no. like nothing like nothing. that, right? No. And so when you think back to that time, like what do you think was your biggest challenge
1: when you first started? So I think like, you know, just where do you start? Like how yeah. do you build the website? Um, you know, registering yourself on GoDaddy uh, you know getting your HST number all those little things that you're thinking oh my god where do I start and now I've actually consulted other you know entrepreneurs on how to start their brand and you know think about their vision and think about the name that's that you know showcases their personality like Shani in the city is a very fun easy name to remember and that's what I wanted I didn't wanna you know make it too complex but also represent that it's fun, it's cute, it's sweet, it's light, it's, you know, you get me. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, what's funny when we're talking about, like, naming
0: businesses and branding. Like, mm-hmm. my business was Orange Fish. And yeah. uh, there's a meaning behind the name, but I'll tell you, people, think about your name because... I would start going to events or conferences and they'd be like, hey, there's Orange Fish. And I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I don't think I want to be known as that. Like, my name is Janet. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes. Then you get labeled like your brand. Like, Shannon, they say,
0: yeah, I know. It can be funny. (laughs) So
1: be careful about your brand name. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because that's kind of like your second identity, yeah, if for not sure. First. Yeah. yeah, and
0: and it is really like your child, you yeah, know, your as baby. you're bringing it up. Mm-hmm. So as you're going through this process, um, do you, can you think back to the beginning? Like, were there any kind of big mistakes that you made that you think back and you think, oh God, I wish I hadn't have done that?
1: I'm trying to think. Um, you know what? I think maybe hiring sometimes like working with the wrong type of clients and not like being able to say know that, you know, you're not the right fit for me, but just trying to help everybody. Um, I think sometimes you really have to have um, set boundaries when it comes to being your own boss and knowing the type of clientele you want to work with. So being selective, I think that's sometimes um, a barrier because we always want to help everybody that comes to us, but we also have to be able to help the people that really want help and really want to listen and, you know, have a good mindset and don't have these you know negative thoughts with dating or all men are jerks or you know you know the basic stuff
0: yeah and and
1: it's it's having like a good mindset when you come into the program and and if i feel like somebody's not really ready to dive into matchmaking i will offer them coaching first right and so
0: have you ever had to because i 100 percent believe in this firing fire clients clients and customers i believe in it not everybody yes. is your ideal client or yes. customer there have was, you ever had that yes
1: there was one guy who had you know not a very good dating situation with a, a female and you know he drank and you know got in the car after and drove away and it, yeah it ended up being a bit of a bad first date experience for the girl so I you know I decided not to work with him after that because it was just not very good date etiquette um so yeah so that's something I had to take care of. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I think that differentiates you is because you, Mm -hmm. you
0: really do get to know your clients and it is your name and your reputation when you set two people up. So Mm -hmm. you do want to do the best job that you can. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Right. And I do. That's why I asked for date feedback. So there's, there's no ghosting. Like, you know, with online dating, sometimes you get ghosted and you're like, what happened? How come I didn't hear from that person with matchmaking How I do it is I, you know, I ask both singles to provide me a little email, a short email, letting me know how the date went. Do they want to see the person again? Anything that they want to share, I feel is valuable information that I then can share back with the client so that as a single, not only are you learning about how you show up on the date, but also how, how you're growing as an individual. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, it's good feedback. It It is is good. good even, Even if it's a little negative in the beginning or, you know, constructive, I think that will only make you a better dater in the end. It also helps you probably get closer to really knowing what you really want. Exactly. And what you don't Mm -hmm. want.
0: And also for you, because you're going over all the files, it's like just because they weren't a match with Bob doesn't mean there isn't a match for Bob out there. Mm -hmm. There is someone who's perfect for Bob. There's
1: someone for everyone in this world. That's kind of like... Is that what you've learned? (laughs) That's how you've learned. (laughs) That's kind of one of my marketing pitches. You know, there is someone for everyone and not everyone is looking for the same type of person, right? And then sometimes we all think, oh, like, you know, guys just want this type of woman or this type of tall guy with dark hair. And it's not like that. Like what you're attracted to and what you, it's all about the connection, right? So it doesn't matter about the height, someone's height or ethnicity. It's about connecting in an authentic way with somebody and making them feel safe and making them Want to see you again? I think that's the important th- thing that you have to think about when you put yourself out there. Yeah, and I like that you use the
0: word authentic. authentic. Like I know it gets used a lot now, yes. and people are it's looking a bit to overdone. always be authentic. <laughs> but I mm-hmm. I have always firmly believed, like just honestly, be yourself. Yeah. If you're yourself, you you will find someone who you're more compatible with. Like mm-hmm. the best example I can think of is. The girl that pretends she loves sports. Yes. To Just, catch the guy, uh-huh. she wants to catch the guy, and then they get married. And the guy's like, "Hey, you want to go to the Jays game?" She's like, nah, I don't like baseball." He's like, "What are you talking about? We, or do you we want do to that go play golf?" We're dating.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So you can't change
0: the switch. Are. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. So okay, let's get back to the business side of things. So you started out the brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, when do you think there is a time? Because you know, when you start a business, you're always so like, "Is this really gonna oh, work?" Oh, I was
1: very aggressive. <laughs> so I would go up to people like when I transitioned into matchmaking, I was like this little like bubbly like, "Hi, are you single?" You know, I'm a matchmaker. Like I was headhunting clients left and right. Like I would, I just really wanted to brand myself and and tell people what I was doing and share. You know, that I'm a matchmaker. Are you single? I'd love to meet you and set up the consultation. So I was very like aggressively headhunting because in the beginning I didn't have like matchmaking clients signing up right away. Right. So I had to find them. I had to build, you know, build the packages like, oh, actually, my biggest mistake was probably when I used to charge. $75 Seventy-five dollars for the year. What? Yeah, I didn't know how to price it out. So when I was when I was managing at the Soho, I was trying to get clients, and I was like, "Yeah, seventy-five dollars." They're like, "Oh, a month?" I said, "No, for the year." And now my my rates are a lot higher. But like back then, sometimes you also don't know how to price out your services, so that that could be another obstacle. You know, thinking about what's the value of them. You know, using your service. What can you offer? What different makes you different from the others, and and you have to price yourself h- like a bit higher so that people know there's val- value. When you price yourself too low, it's almost like, eh, this isn't really serious. I'll just go into it, or you may attract a different type of clientele. For sure, for sure, and also um,
0: like when you started doing this, you were one of the first in
1: Toronto for dating coaching so yes. that would also
0: make it difficult to know oh, pricing
1: too I was also I also got hired for to be the spokesperson for Zoosk so that was kind of my first big media what job is Zoosk Zeus? Zeus is an online dating site it's still still around uh, Z o o s s c k I believe yeah yeah so I was doing all the media interviews you know talking about you know cuffing season um you know watching sporting events and how you know couples come together and all of those things and just like the go-to media person so that definitely helped me become a little more out there and get my name out there like shannon Teb. and then the media interviews just kept coming in so was that your first um mm-hmm. media I believe so and I also um, I was part of Divorce Angels and I was also writing for Eligible magazine and they did an interview uh, on me about uh, my wingwoman service. It, oh, the best interview was um, a journalist from Globe and Mail actually hired me as her personal wingwoman and we had like a full night out and uh, she just wanted to see how it went and then she wrote about it. So that was good exposure because a lot of people didn't really know about what is a wingwoman and what what exactly You know, what do I do? Yeah. And so you have actually been in the media quite a bit. Mm -hmm. But would
0: you say from a business perspective, like, do you go out and try
1: to get in the media or do they find you? No, I need to. I need to be doing more of that. (laughs) I think when they Google Toronto, like dating expert or dating coach, I pop up near the front, near the top. So I think I'm kind of the go to for that. Um, but now what I'm doing is I'm building more of a media list and then, you know, contacting other media outlets when I do have a story. I've done a lot of radio. Um, I was also on like breakfast television, Omni. Yeah. So for you, when you are getting clients, like I know I've
0: seen you in action. Hey, yeah. are you single? I've seen that in action. Yeah. Um, but for you,
1: what is your best source of... Referrals. It's referrals. Yes. And word of mouth. So... A lot, every time someone fills out the intake form, I always ask, like, how did you hear about us? And a lot of people are, you know, say, I I heard about you through a friend or I follow you on Instagram. And that to me is amazing. I love when people are, you know, sharing services or sharing things that you may not think of. Like there's, you know, a lot of people didn't really know about matchmaking, especially single men. They're like, what's a matchmaker? What? That's your job. So (laughs) it's a great way to like educate people and share these services because I feel like singles need us now more than ever.
0: Yeah. And so like you, it's probably like, listen, women, we talk to each other all the time about Mm -hmm. everything, right? So if you want to be in the know, you just talk to your girlfriends and be like, what, what is that? What's happening? But Mm -hmm. men really have no clue about matchmaking.
1: Exactly. And men sometimes, you know, find it difficult to express their feelings and be vulnerable. And sometimes they may not want to ask for help because it feels like that could like affect their masculinity or I don't need a matchmaker. But I think now it's becoming more of a reputable, you know, service, and it's it's a it's a great way for people that aren't really dating online or not seeing results, and they want the confidentiality to think about matchmaking. And there's guys that are, you know, work very hard, they're busy, they're at the gym, they're spending time with friends, and maybe they're not meeting the quality girls that they would like to. Right. So this is just another avenue. Yeah, because it almost like would save a person time. Yes, right? definitely like the major, the major, um, tips for, or the major reasons why someone would hire a matchmaker would be confidentiality, saves time. Um, people are vetted and screened and, uh, yeah, it gets you closer to finding your partner. And so, um, when was there a moment that you
0: got through the, oh shit, what am I doing? Why did I start my own business to, yeah. Wow this is like really taking off. This is amazing. I can't believe this is happening.
1: So probably the early stages when I was just sitting at the library and had like two emails come in all day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was like, how am I going to? And then, you know, slowly I was raising my prices and the, and then my fees, I was raising my fees and then my, you know, my sales were rising. And that, that was when I was like, wow, I've really created something that people need and want. And the best part is, like, putting together matches and then having people get engaged or get married and move in together and just, you know, form a life together. That's the best story. I was at a wedding and I was mentioned in a speech. Uh, you know, I was pointed out, like, you know, Shannon this is Shannon Tab. She helped us with some dating coaching. Just giving people that extra push that they need, right? So yeah. sometimes you may not want to always tell your girlfriends about dating obstacles or, you know, dating strategy that you want to work on. And by working with a dating coach, you're able to be a little more open. Yeah. Well, and it's
0: interesting because like people have personal trainers
1: Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we have
0: business coaches, interior designers. Yeah, it's true. Like I'm just hiring one right now, but it, it's like, why not get help with something that you're struggling with, exactly. especially for someone who has like a different level of expertise around it.
1: And that's what the majority of my clients say to me. They're like, you know what, Shani, I'm great. I have experts in every area of my life. Why not have an expert for matters of the heart? So how I explain is basically I help manage your dating lifestyle. So you're not stressed about, oh, my God, I need to get on Bumble and swipe and get connected. And then I got to go message everybody. All that's kind of taken care of of for you.
0: So it eliminates
1: all that in between and gets you out on the date. Yeah. And so would you say,
0: like, what is the number one
1: challenge
0: that people have today?
1: Okay. The number one challenge I would say is... They're very particular, and sometimes they have their must-have list is way too long, and their expectations are set very high. Now, I think it's great to, you know, have your top five, you know, five qualities that you look for in a mate. It's great to like write that out, and you know, my type of partner is somebody who is this, this, and that, and really get intentional about it. But sometimes when your list is too long or you're too, you know, tight with height restrictions, proximity, ethnicities, it does hinder you from being exposed to more opportunities because you're so looking for this one specimen and, like, you think there's this, like, unicorn out there. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) So, yeah, I know guys are always looking for their unicorn and... (laughs) And, you know, unicorns don't exist. I mean, it's about finding your own personal unicorn. And you'll never really know if that person is it until you get in front of them. And how people show up through photos sometimes also isn't a reflection of their personality or who they are. So it's very hard as a matchmaker, too. To You know, we share profiles. We show full pro- full photos. So there's no blind dates. You know exactly how the person looks. But, again, there there's judgment. Like, are they attractive enough? Are they you know, the right fit for me. Um, so my job as a matchmaker is to really open them up to that opportunity and tell them, give it a fair chance. Yeah. Cause I think too,
0: like a lot of people get hung up on photos for sure.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but I also think one thing that's interesting is like, even say, for example, you're texting with someone and they text back and like, they're so witty and so funny. And you think, wow, this person seems amazing. Yeah. And then you meet them in person Yeah. And it's their friend that's been texting for them. Oh, really? Or someone has been helping them or they've had more time to think of a great response. And when they're in person and off the cuff, it's not as quick. So that kind of changes the dynamic
1: a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's tough when, you know, you're really connecting through texting or phone chat and then you meet them and you're just not feeling the spark. So do you encourage people, like, to meet sooner than later? Well... Right now, during COVID, what I've seen is that people are kind of pre-screening, right? So they're they're having longer phone chats before they're actually getting out and meeting somebody in person. People are talking on the phone? Yes. No way. Yes. So, <laughs> you know, one of my matches, they talked for three hours. Wow. So I made a post, like, not too long, actually yesterday, about this. Less texting, more talking, right? So rather than having things get lost in translation, just pick up the phone and have a chat, right? So nothing's lost, so longer conversations, stronger emotional connections, and um, sometimes people are even doing Facetime quickly, right? And then they'll they'll get out and meet on a patio. I think less walking dates. People are getting sick of the walking dates. They've been walking for a year and a half. They've seen every park bench. They've had every coffee. No, intimately, you know, they've hit all the coffee shops, and now it's about getting back into restaurants, supporting local businesses, you know, enjoying like. You know sharing appetizers having that conversation are you fully vaccinated how do you feel are you feeling safe I think that's you know that's that will get you out on the date and that's kind of what I'm seeing now more and so
0: during um the pandemic you know we've seen some businesses thrive some businesses yes. completely go under mm-hmm. how has uh dating and matchmaking services been affected during this time
1: So last year, uh, you know, I was I was steady like it was I found that singles would go online and maybe they would have a bad experience or just like Shani, I can't be doing online dating anymore. Please help me. So I'm kind of that next thing after online dating. So if anything, you know, people were stuck at home. They had a lot of time to self-reflect, think about what's important and actually really think about their love life now more than ever, because they're not out there just, you know, doing their daily routine. They're really focused on things that they're missing in their life. So they want to pay attention to that. So they were, yeah, reaching out to me for matchmaking. So I, I was setting up, you know, more virtual dates. Um, people were having longer phone conversations and meeting for like the socially distanced walking dates. But now August and July has been crazy. Like I can't keep up. <laughs> it's like people are like, you know, waxed and vaxxed. <laughs> Well, and so my question
0: is, like, have we gotten away from that hookup culture that was plaguing us for so long? Yeah,
1: well, and that's what I've been saying a lot in my interviews is that, you know, it's less hookup. And people are more intentional with who they're spending their time with. So they're not just going out for a hinge date at 5 o'clock on a Wednesday to kill time. They're like, you know what, I have other things I'm doing, and I'm just going to go out with one guy a week maybe now. They're more selective with who they're spending their time with. So less hooking up because of COVID, uh, more you know worrying about their health and wellness and their safety, and are just more more intentional with who they're actually hanging out with. It's not just randoms. Yeah, I could see
0: that. I'm even more intentional. I think where I'm spending any of my time.
1: Yes, exactly. So that that has trans transpired into dating, and also um, another thing I was going to say is that singles are very more are a lot more open and honest with what they want. So before they might be like a little more breadcrumbing or like entering situationships and not really knowing what's going on. And now people are more like, hey, I'm looking for a boyfriend. Do you want a relationship? If not, not for me. So people are getting a lot more... So open and honest. Do you use two terms there? Do you want to explain what breadcrumbing bread crumbing is? So breadcrumbing is when, like, okay, so you've hooked up with somebody, maybe you've dated them in the past, but you haven't heard from them, somehow it fizzled out, and now they're texting you again, and they're basically feeding you breadcrumbs. Now, at, when you answer and respond to those text messages or call the guy or let him back into your life, that's you eating the breadcrumbs. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to ask yourself, am I really hungry? <laughs> Do I want the whole sandwich? Yeah. Do you, <laughs> yes. Do you want to be eating something else like a filet mignon? Yes. Or, or like a stale baguette? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not the stale baguette.
0: Um, and what about uh, the other term you oh, use? situationship.
1: Yeah. So that's when you're kind of more than friends. Maybe you've been hanging out for a few months, but you really don't know how the person feels about you, but you are being, you have a sexual or romantic relationship, So a lot of times you'll ask people like, hey, so are you guys dating now? And then sometimes they'll say, well, yeah, like we're hanging out. But they're not really sure what the status of the relationship is. So my tip for that is, you know, if, you know, to avoid a situationship is, you know, don't be intimate with people that don't want a commitment. Unless that's what you want. Unless that's what you want to. If you're fine with, you know, just being, I mean, a situationship can be fine for people. Just have that conversation and, and, you know you know, share, share what, what works for you. Yeah. What you really want. Exactly. So people seem to be
0: being a little bit more upfront with what they want and what they need and what they're looking for in someone else.
1: Yeah. And people have to be comfortable with that. And singles have to be able to answer. Yeah, I am looking for a relationship. No, I want a casual. No, I'm, you know, just testing the waters, just getting back out there. And another thing, what I see with online dating is a lot of divorced men sometimes, will jump online right away and you know they'll connect with a female they'll have a great date the, the woman's into him um, but the guy will say you know what oh i'm not really ready so sometimes the guys jump in too early and this is why women are having poor experiences online dating because they're meeting guys that they click with but the gentleman's really not fully ready because mm-hmm. he kind of dove from you know getting divorced to jumping back online so you really have to give yourself time to heal from a divorce a past relationship you know give yourself time before you just jump jump back into it well
0: and it's also too like we as individuals are each responsible for our own heart mm-hmm. and so if you are getting into a situation where you are dating someone who's divorced mm-hmm. or recently had a relationship
1: you kind of should protect your heart a little bit right like yes. why jump right in exactly and also know that yeah like you you can't expect him to be your boyfriend overnight and if you do want to date somebody that's not fully ready then you have to be just as patient and be their more support system and friend and grow together as opposed to like labeling yourself right off the bat yeah i actually just saw this funny tiktok today
0: oh yeah and uh it was this girl and she was talking about being a foster girlfriend have oh, you seen this no i need to watch that <laughs> it's actually really funny cuz she's like do you have men that need to be fostered? I can be your foster girlfriend. And what I do is I build up their confidence, make them feel great about themselves. They're not really ready to be in a relationship, but by the time they leave me, they're ready to jump right in. Oh my god, that's perfect. <laughs> She's this woman was like so funny. She did it way better than I did, but that's good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of women have um, found themselves in that situation. And a
1: lot of like people that are, are divorced or, you know, have been married for like 10, 20 years, a lot of times they don't know where to start. So yeah. now they're single, they're like, oh my God, do I go online, Bumble, which dating app? How do I write a profile? How do I take a picture? So this is where I come in as, as the dating, I do dating consulting. I've helped with online dating profile editing, mock dates, all of those things. Yeah.
0: Cause I even think like I was in a long-term relationship and when I got out, it was about eight years. When I got out, I thought, whoa, dating's really changed. It's changed. And then I was in a relationship for, like, two and a half years, and I'm like, whoa, it's really changed again. <laughs>
1: like, dating is, like, evolving, like, IT and technology oh, is, yeah. you know. It's, yeah. like, on the fast track. Yeah, you, it's it's almost like a second job. Even, <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. you got to treat it like
0: this is work. And especially knowing, like, What is faux pas versus what's not faux pas? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the last thing that I think anybody wants to do is play games with anyone. Mm -hmm. And so depending on your experiences, what you've learned before, you might not know if you're really gaming someone or not. Exactly. Right. So, okay. so what is one of the best things you ever did for your career? Like if you were to think back, what is something where you're like, ah, oh, I'm
1: so glad that I did that, or I can't believe I did that, and then this happened. Well, I guess when I auditioned for um, Mom versus the Matchmaker, I came in second. Uh, so that. What was, is, that? What it was is called, that? It was called Mum versus the Matchmaker, and it was basically like the matchmaker would have to help match the 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 daughter of and the mother would be in there saying, you know, she's not right for me or whatever, and then I'd have to show why I thought it was a match. So anyway, I I auditioned for some shows and stuff and, you know, it was a great experience because it really like, you know, taught, oh, I took like a comfort on camera course and I felt like that was really empowering. So just really enhancing my skills and my presentation skills and yeah, there's been so many things that that have been really exciting and yeah, and I just feel like eventually I, I would love to have my own show and call it Straight Up with Shani. Where it's like you know we're all just talking about sex, relationships, dating, obstacles, how we feel. You know, it's just really out there. Uh, so I'd love to host that and just interview singles all day. I mean, I interview <laughs> I interview singles all day already, but I <laughs> mean just to, it. <laughs> just to sit and talk with them. Like it's it's I have some of the greatest conversations with my clients, and like everyone is so unique and like has their own story. That's what makes it so special, and that's why I take it so personal, too, because I really want to make everybody happy and find them, you know, their person.
0: Yeah. So what is, um, has there been an experience with a client where they've shared something with you that has just, like, completely moved you to the sense of, like, oh, my goodness, like, I can't believe this person has gone through this? Yeah,
1: like, definitely, I've, I've had a few breast cancer survivors, you know, people that have also been divorced or abandoned by their ex where the you know they just kind of walked out and they had no no closure no closure so you know coaching them through abandonment issues coaching them through uh, body image uh, confidence you know knowing that like to let go of the past and this is like their second phase in life and That they, you know, they have this second chance at love, right? Yeah,
0: because you know, one of the things we didn't mention earlier is you also have um, life skills.
1: Yes, I'm a life skills coach too. Yeah, I actually did that at George Brown. Yeah, because I, I personally want to improve my listening skills, (laughs) so um, you know, active listening, uh, self-disclosing, effective communication, reaching consensus—all of those things I feel as an individual when you uh, really master those life skills that they carry over into your future relationships. Whether it's with friends, family, spouses. um, I think it's really important to be aware of like, how do I show up for people? Do I over speak? Do I really listen? Am I all about myself? So really looking at Self-assessing and asking people, "Hey, how do I show up for you?" That's a question that people like sometimes never ask, but it's such a good exercise, right? Because then you yeah. get to know who you are, and and then you're you can write that down and be like, "Wow, I didn't know I'm like that for that person." And then as you're building your list of your attributes and what makes you great, you bring that into the new relationship. Yeah,
0: it's kind of interesting because I was recently talking to this guy, and he's like. Um, Somehow we got on the topic of communication Mm -hmm. and he said, well, I think you're like a really good communicator. And I said, Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I said, I, he, he asked me like, have you always been like that? And I said, no. And I'm like, and I still don't think I am. And I'm still working on it. And that's one of the things I think is a skill that we can Mm -hmm. all still work on communication. Like it's constantly changing. And what does this mean? And what does Mm -hmm. that
1: mean? And, and, how are you presenting yourself to other people? Nonverbal communication skills, even. Like, how is your body language? How is your tone, your expressions? Like, how's your posture? Do you show like you even want to be on the date? Or is it like, oh God, here we go again? <laughs> <laughs> right? So you have to be aware of that. It's true. And people can read your energy. So if you show up like you're like, like this like bitchy, like, oh my God, I (laughs) got to blow dry out for this. Give me a break. Like he's going to feel that and it's not going to be a good experience. It's true. It's true. I (laughs) went on a date date with this guy pre-pandemic
0: and uh, I got on the first date with him and super nice guy, really Mm -hmm. smart seemed to have everything together but you know you just the chemistry just was not there right Mm -hmm. but I had agreed to go on a second date and anyone who knows me is like once I commit to something I'm gonna do it yes you're (laughs) very committed so I go on the second date and we're chatting and chatting and and I had already decided like this wasn't really gonna go anywhere and so by the end whatever we got down into talking about he goes yeah you you kind of strike me as a lone wolf (laughs) (laughs) She's a tiger, yeah. and I was like, um, "Yeah, maybe I'm just not ready to settle down. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I do think it is about
1: chemistry and meeting someone who you do actually want to spend time with. But also, um, another thing I noticed with you know women in high um, executive or like you know high managing roles, they sometimes they're always wearing their corporate hats, mm-hmm. and sometimes they they'll show up on dates like in boss mode. Yeah." And that can be very intimidating to men. So it's like, I try to teach women to soften themselves. (laughs) And like, you know, let's work on femininity, feminine energy. Let's work on being like more cutesy and fun and sweet. And they're like, well, that's not me. And I'm like, well, okay, let's work on that a little bit. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's because you want to actually like, when you're on the date, it's not about like you sitting in a boardroom and giving a meeting. So you have to be able to take (laughs) off your work hat and turn into... I'm a single beautiful forty eight year old woman who's looking for love.
0: Right? Yeah. So it's Yeah, it's and it's it's funny because like one relationship I was in, um, whenever there was like a challenging situation, uh, the feedback that I got was like, Wow, you really turn into business mode when there's a you know a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like well, my language
1: you're, changes, you're, right? You get competitive, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm winning. Yeah, you're
1: winning. <laughs> you're in it to win it.
0: But am I winning? I don't know. Um, Okay, so what is one thing that your mom always told you that still
1: sticks with you today? She said, always marry somebody who loves you a little bit more than you love them. (laughs) I think that's true, though. I mean, I haven't been married yet, but I feel like, you know what, that's kind of a nice thing. I mean, I think you should equally love each other, but there is kind of sometimes that one person that loves you a little bit more than the other. Um, but yeah, she, she told me that and always just to be myself. And she was never that mother that like would check my report card. She just knew I, I was very like more of like the creative side, dramatic, like I love drama, sociology. I was really into all of that stuff. Less Less book smart, more like human smart. And now I, I feel like I'm, I'm actually becoming more of a human expert. Like when I do my meetings, I, they call me a psychic witch because I'm, I'm kind of like things will pop into my head about this person and I may not know them and I mention it out loud and they're like, how did you know that? So part of being a matchmaker is, is you know, the number one skill is being intuitive. Yeah. Being able to read your client and what they want and almost look into them yeah into your soul <laughs> yeah and i'm like that i put like this love, love fairy dust on you right yeah so even me being here janet you might meet someone
0: <laughs> stranger things have happened because right? <laughs> now we're putting out that energy yeah stranger things have happened <laughs> yeah um so
1: what is one thing that you cannot live without uh, I cannot live without working in my job and my career and my dog. Yeah, Roxy. Yes. Yeah. My little Roxy, my rescue. And yeah, just like getting up every day and knowing that I have to meet like, you know, five singles today and, you know, do, do the job for them.
0: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, one thing I want to talk to you about, because I was actually just reading about this, um, are they're called digital nomads. And so during the pandemic, you were a little bit of a digital nomad where mm-hmm. you lived in different locations. Yes. Um, what were some of the struggles that you had with that?
1: Yeah, so I, I lived in Costa Rica December, well, January, February, March, and then Arizona for two months. Now, being in Costa Rica, there was a lot of times where I felt very, like, lonely, right? Yeah, that's so, what they said in the articles, one of the yeah. dark sides. The dark side is being lonely because you know you have like your you have friends there but everyone's kind of doing their own thing. And you may come together for like a communal dinner, but that could be once a week. So, uh, you know, all day long you're kind of working remotely. You're going to bed early, you're waking up really early with the sunset, you're walking the beach, but it becomes kind of like the same routine every day. But it's a very what I found like being alone and being out there, it just calmed me down. Like it really was this sense of calming, you know, I was out of the rat race and I was able to work efficiently in a beautiful place as opposed to like being here in Toronto in my house and stuck inside. And, you know, I'm very grateful that I had that opportunity and I brought my dog with me and, you know, I felt really sad for people back home and I was trying to connect with them and, you know, people were like, keep sharing photos. I'm like, are you sure? Like, I don't want to piss people off. But then other people were like, no, we're, like, living through you right now. <laughs> like, keep showing those ocean, like, walks with Roxy and her running in the ocean. And, yeah, so, I mean, I just felt like I really, I grew a lot. Um, when I came back here, I felt different. Like, some of the conversations I was having with friends before are were not very meaningful now. Yeah. If I could say that. Um, and it was more like surface level talk as opposed to like deep, meaningful conversation. So I think, I think definitely travel and being away from home really helped you grow.
0: Oh, 100%. Yeah.
1: For sure. For yeah. sure. I lived in South Korea for
0: two and a half years after university, oh. teaching English as a second language. Cool. And, uh, I love that experience. I just feel like, you know, you really are on your own. Mm-hmm. I went on my own Yeah. I don't speak the language. <laughs> And you learn a lot about yourself. You also learn a lot about Canada as a country and how lucky we are to have grown up here and lived here with all the advantages that there are. Yes.
1: Um, The healthcare, everything.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, I am super curious about the digital nomad life because it's a style that people are moving
1: towards Mm -hmm. and... Working remotely. Yeah. So do you think, would you do it again? Oh, yes. In a heartbeat. Yeah. 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 Because if you can do your work online and meet clients virtually... And you can, you know, financially afford it. And if it works for you and you don't have a lot of responsibility back home or you, you know, can delegate roles or if you have kids or whatever, that may be a bit more of a struggle. But I think now's the time to really live. And and life is so precious. And if we're always like, you know, fearful to take that step or make that leap, a lot of times we're not growing and we're just you know, not moving forward. Or sometimes people wait to travel with a partner. It's like, no, no, why don't you do things on your own independently so that when you do sit across that person on a date, you got shit to share. Instead yeah. <laughs> of being locked in your
0: house for a year? What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> but or you can have a conversation if you have been locked in your house, you can have those conversations like, So what like what opened up for you during COVID? What were you up to? Like what what change how was your life impacted in a positive way it doesn't all have to be negative and depressing
0: I 100% agree with you yeah you know I think like even for me during COVID I did so many more home renovations I just really kept busy you got the time
1: yeah these exactly you're at
0: home it's like what are all the things that need to be done here Mm -hmm. well there's a thousand but where can I start and I don't know like I I feel and you led your workshop Yeah. And, and developed new programs. And I think the thing is, is just to continue to move forward. But I think that part of what helped me through that is my athletic background with goal setting. Yes. Um, but I also had worked with a business coach about two or three years ago and she really helped a lot with my energy what I should be focusing on. Mm -hmm. And again, it's getting a coach, right? Like it's getting a
1: coach or someone to help you. And living in Costa Rica too really taught me more about, you know, just meditating every night, watching the sunset. Like I never did that before or going to like amazing yoga classes and really just sound healing and breath work and all of those things maybe that you hear about, but you've never actually done. And being in the environment and like meeting new friends and new people from all over the world like I had a good buddy from New York, people from the US were there like a lot of Canadians. And it's a we definitely formed a community and we're still all you know, we're still all close did you find like at all did you find it a
0: challenge to actually sit down and focus on work while you're there because it's so nice out as sunny yeah so January
1: was my month where I was like I gotta walk to the beach like (laughs) it was really hard to focus I was kind of more in like vacation mode and then February March April got really you know And definitely, like, I met a roommate for February, so I shared a house with her. And, like, those opportunities wouldn't have happened if I wasn't, like, open to the universe or what was thrown my way.
0: Yeah. Well, it's also, too, like, having a growth mindset, right? Mm -hmm.
1: So. Like, I never worried about things, if that doesn't make sense. Like, I never had a worry or a struggle. I mean, the one time I had a worry was when I left my debit card in the bank machine and then realized the next day, where's my bank card? (laughs) So I thought either someone had, you know, robbed me, like, from the bank machine or, yeah. So I ran back frantically in the morning. There was no bank card put anywhere, obviously. Um, I called, the bank was there, so they opened up the machine, and the card was actually in the bank machine, which was great. So those bank machines actually will swallow a card if nobody's taken it. Oh, no way. So thank God nobody had used the machine after me, and it was, like, 5.30, like, sunset. But that was probably the moment where I almost had a heart attack. Wow. My heart was like, and it was like missing the whole night, right? Like I didn't realize it was gone till the morning.
0: Wow. <laughs> so that was my one moment. That is lucky. Holy shit. That is lucky. <laughs> yeah. Um, From that experience that you had um, as a digital nomad, what is the one thing that stands out to you the most? Like, was there any type of special experience that was like, breathtaking or yeah
1: like just the one of the best nights was when we all like jammed out on the beach and my friend played his guitar and he printed out this whole like song list and we all sang together and it was just so nice with the fire and like oh, it was just a perfect night right under the stars yeah and so simple so simple so right? simple. it's very simple there like you you know you watch the sunset you go grab like fish or like casadas and uh Yeah, you go to bed early, it's cozy, it's quiet. Yeah. And just seeing the joy, like, that the beach brought to my dog. Like, she's an island dog from Dominican, (laughs) and now she's, like, back On the island, (laughs) you know, like living her best life. She's like, yes, I'm
0: home. Okay, so I'm super aware of your time uh, because we're also going to have a couple of cocktails after this. So, you know, maybe I really want to get to that. But um, if there is, I stole this question from Tim Ferriss, but I love it. Sure. Um, So if there was something like, say, for example, you had a giant billboard in downtown Toronto, Mm -hmm. what would you write on the billboard that you would want everybody to know and
1: think about? Okay. Life is meant to be shared. Oh. It's very simple, but, yeah, life is meant to be shared. Or, um, yeah, yeah, life is meant to be shared, right? It it makes you think that, like, you know what? I have so much to share, so why not try to share it with somebody, you know? Really open yourself up. Oh. That would be my quote. Be vulnerable. (laughs) Yeah, life is meant to be shared. Or let us introduce you to your next best date. Ooh, that's good, too. (laughs) But, you
0: know, I really, really like the first one. Because when you said it, what I thought of Mm -hmm. was, and probably different people will think of different things, right? But what I thought of was there's so many times when I have traveled solo. And, um, like, I love traveling solo. I did Machu Picchu on my own. Uh, it's basically like 42-kilometer hike. And while I was doing it, there were couples on it. Yeah. And you can imagine as you're going through this, because you're also going to different elevations, you need that support. It's nice to
1: have that support system.
0: It's nice, but then I, if you bring the wrong person, oh, yes. it
1: could also ruin your it could trip. <laughs>
0: So, but I think if you put the time in to find that person that loves doing stuff like that with you and you do have great communication and you do want to help each other, like how much
1: more would have been added to that experience? It's like celebrating the victory together. Yeah. 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 Or like
0: seeing that same sunset or mountain Mm -hmm. or whatever that experience is. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. For sure.
0: Yeah. No, I love that. So, Shani, if people want to find out more about you,
1: where should they go? They can visit my website at shaniinthecity.com. They can follow me on Instagram for my business tips, personal tips. And, um, yeah, or contact me directly at date at shaniinthecity.com. Well, and you're also on TikTok. I love some of your TikToks. Yes, I'm on TikTok. (laughs) They're kind of fun. Um, I'm going to actually post. You were talking about the mountain climb. I'm going to post my mountain climb. That I did in Arizona, actually, tonight. Oh, great. Yeah, oh, that's so like awesome. a little victory dance. I was dancing on top of the mountain, and <laughs> I added some music to it, so I thought that was fun. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's but great. I try to do some dating tips on um, on TikTok as well and make it fun and light. So, yeah. yeah, definitely follow me there, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, let's connect on LinkedIn, let's talk business yeah you're yeah. open to opportunities and have
0: a growth mindset so
1: and even if you're listening to this podcast and you aren't single think about the single community that you know and think about maybe if there's somebody that's like you know what they've been single a while a while and maybe they need help maybe they feel like they're really ready just you know share share my services with them there's no guarantee to join or do anything but it's nice just to have a simple conversation with a matchmaker or a dating coach and really establish like, hey, do I have any blind spots? You know, what are my what are my dating? Um, you know, what are my dating habits? How do I show up all the time? What am I blocking? You know, because sometimes we get stuck in our own way yeah for sure for sure i also like the number one tip
0: that you share around like being a tourist in your own city like get out have fun i think people forget to do that they totally do i'll say shani has so many great tips so make sure you follow her (laughs) connect with her and thank you so much for your time i've 100 enjoyed this conversation and I think at some point in time, maybe we'll have a part two. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll do
1: like a Valentine's edition or something fun.
0: Christmas, holidays. Christmas. Yeah. I've survived the
1: holidays. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure, Janet. Thank you.